Welcome to Classic Comedy of Old Time Radio. I'm your host, Ron Ecklebarger. Here we go with the Bob Hope Show. This is episode number 521, which originally aired on February 12th, 1952. You know, when you think about it, we've been listening to Bob Hope for several years now, since the beginning of this podcast, and there have been a ton of missing episodes, unfortunately. But he started his radio show in 1938, so that means in the last couple of years we've gone through 14 years worth of episodes, and now we're on episode 521 of the Bob Hope Show. Quite a journey, but he's still as funny as ever. Here now is Bob Hope with his special guest, Alexis Smith. direct from George Air Force Base, Victorville, California, with Les Brown and his band of renown, yours truly, High Aberback. Our special guests, Alexis Smith, Jerry Colonna, and Connie Haynes. And here he is, Bob Hope. Gentlemen, well, here I am at George Air Base in Victorville, California, for the men of the Air Corps. It's easy to tell this base is located in the heart of the Dude Ranch country. On my way in, I saw a rattlesnake wearing chaps. <laughs> and it took me quite a while to find this place. Every time I asked the GI, is this George? He said, Roger. <laughs> and it gets pretty lonely in the desert country around here. In fact, one guy here is going steady with a mirage. Not so bad, but he keeps asking her if she's got a sister. <laughs> and the climate is very unusual out here. It's warm in the daytime, and then it suddenly gets cold at night, which reminds me of a girl I once knew. <laughs> but that was another war. Anyway, love is in the air. And without a three-day pass, that's where it stays, in the air. of the year when the birds and the bees talk about people. <laughs> Nobody ever had to tell me about the birds and the bees. I used to sell popcorn at a drive-in theater. <laughs> Motorists, huh? <laughs> One private here has a girl who wrote she was flying to Los Angeles, so he went out and drew a big heart in the sand. And it worked. Now he's going steady with a gopher. I guess it's about time to introduce Alexis Smith, isn't it? Now, how would it be uh, if I... Relax, uh, hi, relax. Look, tonight I want it to be different. What do you mean? Well, every week it's the same. A beautiful girl is introduced, she comes out here, and a situation develops. Hi, when a gorgeous girl meets a handsome man, that's it. To put it bluntly, a motorcycle doesn't need a third wheel. Bob, you just feel that way because you're built like a sidecar. <laughs> But to get back to what we were talking about, Hi, when Alexis Smith comes out here, I don't want you horning into the conversation. Well, I don't get it, Bob. Well, Alexis is a fine, aesthetic type of person, and so am I. 
Now, I don't want to hurt your feelings, but we're on a higher social level than you. Oh, excuse me. I've been a cat. I deserve ten lashes with a pussy willow. You know, I think it would bruise him. Anyway, there's no use of us taking up any of Alexis's time, so please stay out of the way. Ladies and gentlemen, now I'd like to have you meet a very beautiful and talented actress, lovely Miss Alexis Smith. Thank you, everybody, and you thank you, too, Bob. You know. <laughs> I've been wanting to have you on our show for quite a while, Alexis, because we're so much the same type. I mean, we've got quite a lot in common. And... Well, look who's here. Hi, Averback. How are you, hi? Hello, Alexis, honey. Gee, hi. I wish I'd known you were going to be on the program where we could have driven down here together and I'd have had somebody to talk to. Well, I thought you drove down with Bob. I didn't. <laughs> What if I could get a refund on my bottle of Stop It? Hi, I, I haven't seen you for so long. What have you been doing? Oh, the usual mad world of social affairs. 11 o'clock breakfast at Romanoff's, 1 o'clock surfboarding at Malibu, 3 o'clock polo at the Hunt Club, 5 o'clock down to the Greyhound bus depot to count stubs. <laughs> Six o'clock, lash with your pussy willow. <laughs> Besides, I, uh, don't force it. I was pretty excited by the wonderful reception I got. Didn't you notice? Even ten miles from the field here, these Air Force men were lined up along the road at rigid attention, saluting. Bob, I told you to wear your glasses. Those were Joshua trees. <laughs> Bob, I really did enjoy our ride down here, and those hitchhikers we picked up were really nice fellows, weren't they? You know, it was sweet of you to pick them up. Well, I get as much out of it as they do, because I like to study the different types. Alexis, have you ever noticed the different types of hitchhikers? Well, I can't say that I have, Bob. Are there different kinds? Oh, sure. Now, you and the sound man drive the car, and I'll show you what I mean. First, there's a guy who has just made a corporal, and now he's so impressed with himself, he can't get a cap to fit his head. <laughs> cap to sew a brim on a mail sack. <laughs> now, let's, let's see what happens when you pick up this guy. Looks like we're going in the same direction, soldier. Would you like a ride? Did you hear what I said? Yeah, I heard you. Well, then why don't you get in? Coax me. <laughs> oh, come on, soldier. Well, all right. But drive straight to the camp. No running out of gas. Well, goodness sakes, you don't have to sit way over there. Sit a little closer. 
Well, you're still quite far away. Why are you so cautious? Well, I know about chicks like you. I'll move a little closer, and then you'll move a little closer, and I'll move closer, then you'll move closer, and first thing you know, you'll wrinkle my stripes. I didn't notice those stripes. You are important, aren't you? Uh, do those stripes entitle you to go to the officers' club? No, no. No, but after dark, you let me sit on the front porch. You must be very proud to be a corporal. Is that a very high rank? Around here it is. <laughs> You see, I, I don't know much about rank. Who can you talk back to? Anyone from a private up to a Greyhound bus driver. Well, here's the camp. So long, Corporal. Been a pleasure to ride with you. Naturally. <laughs> Aren't you Alexa Smith, the movie star? Yes, I'm Alexa Smith. Well, gee, would you mind getting out of the car? There's a lot of sunlight here, and it's a good place to take a snapshot. Well, I'd be glad to. Is, uh, is this spot here all right? Oh, swell. This is a wonderful camera. There we are. I sure hope it turns out you're a nice girl, and you deserve a good picture of me. <laughs> That's one kind of hitchhiker. And then sometimes you might pick up a guy about like this. Hey, you go my way. Sure, soldier, jump in. <laughs> well, nice looking girl. Nice looking car, nice day. I'm really living. <laughs> well, you seem very happy. Yeah, I've been to San Bernardino, had a good lunch, now I'm on my way back. You went clear to San Bernardino to eat? Yeah, it's a long trip, but I do it three times a day. I don't like the food at the base. Well, if, if you don't like the food, why don't you speak to the mess sergeant? I'm the mess sergeant. But I don't think my talents are appreciated. Yesterday, a bunch of guys complained about what I served them for dinner. What'd you serve them? Hungarian goulash. Well, what do you put in your goulash? Lady, you wouldn't believe it. One guy got nasty about it, said it should taste more like goulash and less like a Hungarian. surprised him yesterday with cake. It was the first time I ever baked a cake. The first cake you ever baked? Yeah, but I did just what it said in the recipe. Say, lady, you've done some cooking. What does that abbreviation mean, TBS? TBS? Well, well, that means tablespoon. Tablespoon? How do you like that? I put in two tubs of baking soda. Two tubs of baking soda? How did the cake taste? I don't know. Before we could cut into it, it was out of sight. Hey, 
airfield. Let me off that gate over there. Okay. Oh, look, there, there's an officer running toward us. Yeah, that's our CO, Colonel Carter. Oh, I'm certainly glad to see you, Sergeant. Some orders have just come through. We're flying you to Washington at once. They want you there as fast as possible. They want me in Washington, that's Colonel? That's right, Sergeant. You and only you can handle this important assignment. You have an opportunity to strike a great blow for your country. Oh, gee, what is it? Our intelligence department just found out. They need a cook at the Russian embassy. <laughs> the Air Force. Her husband's a great test pilot, and she loves to be walking with us, Miss Connie Haynes. Dear Dorothy Dick, I'm in an awful fix. I thought he was in love with me, but found that he was only up to his old trick. Dear Emily Pope, no wiser I than most. Please exercise your nimble brain and tell me how a girl can entertain a ghost. So I'm writing to you for advice, ladies. The situation isn't very nice, ladies. I find myself completely at a loss, ladies. My heart and not my mind is bored. So I walk a little too fast and I drive a little too fast and I'm reckless and true. But what else can you do at the end of a love affair? So I talk a little too much, and I laugh a little too much, and my voice is too loud when I'm out in a crowd, so that people are out there. Do they know, do they care that it's only that I'm lonely and low as can be? Tonight, the players present their version of the Las Vegas story. 
The leading man in the movie is Victor Mature. We couldn't get him, so his part will be played by Bob Hope, who has not only matured, he's begun to crack at the scene. Las Vegas story, which is really the story of the Lester Hope family and that most fabulous gambler of all time, Never Lose Lester. The beginning of our story comes from the lips of the person who knew him best. I'm the mother of Lester Hope. Gambling had been the curse of our family, and I made up my mind that little Lester wasn't going to be a victim of it. So I raised him way out in the country on a chicken ranch. Till he was 15 years old, he never saw anything but them 10,000 chickens. He played with the chickens, ate with the chickens, and slept with the chickens. Uh, One day I called to him out in the yard, Lester? He came in, cocked his head at me, and said, lunch in the house. Yes, you... You've got to stop pecking your food up off the ground. Just look how you've bent your beak. Son, you're getting older now. I think I'd better learn you to talk. Ma did learn me how to talk, and it was about time, because I was beginning to be mixed up. It was getting so whenever I seen a worm, I didn't know whether to go fishing or tie on a napkin. <laughs> One day when I was going through my paws, old clothes, I found a couple of square things with dots on them. Had an awful lot of fun playing with them. Say, look what I got here, Ma. Oh, goodness, he's found his paw's pair of dice. Now, hand those right over, son. Well, what are they, Ma? What are they? Uh, well, nothing, son. Just, uh, uh, we call them tiddlywinks. Tiddlywinks? Yes. Well, they sure work fine. I just tiddled the guy next door out of his ranch. Please, don't. Please don't, son. You'll turn out to be like your paw. Of course, when he gambled, he always won. If he played cards, he won. With dice, he won. Faro, he won. And the horse race, he won. Well, whatever happened to paw? The morning you were born, he shot himself. <laughs> he just couldn't stand to lose. Well, 
I decided to go in. I wanted to show that professor fellow that I was a real city dude, so I straightened my tie, stuck out my chest, and I was walking right by him when he said, uh, Just a minute, Sam, before you go in, uh, don't you want to check your bullfrog? <laughs> <laughs> stranger, I see them bright lights, and I figured I'd mosey into your shindig and see what kind of newfangled goings-on was going on. If I'd have known it was a real hoop-to-do like this, I'd have left a bossy half-milk and skedaddled into town a long time ago. <laughs> You're from the country, aren't you? <laughs> How'd you know, boy? Oh, just took a wild guess. <laughs> you want to be very careful here. In the big city, young fellow, I'm a special officer appointed to protect newcomers from being swindled. Uh-huh. You know, you're liable to meet men here who will come up and talk to you like a friend. Uh-huh. But all the time they're looking you in the eye and being friendly, they're feeling around in your pockets and stealing your money. In fact, it's a very bad... you got yours pinned to your underwear, haven't you? <laughs> Then, boy, and try your luck. Well, do you think I'll win? In my gambling club, everybody wins. We're open every day of the year, and we lose $100,000 a day. You lose $100,000 a day? How can you stay in business? We use imitation butter on the free lunch. <laughs> Go right in, and they'll take good care of you inside. Okay. Not anymore. <laughs> what's a hostess? That's a female host. Well, what's a female? A female is a girl. Yeah, what's a girl? I'm one. That worked out good, didn't it? Why don't you come over to the bar and have a drink with me? Well, don't mind if I do. Oh, uh, bartender, a couple of atomic cocktails. That's uh, three fingers of rye whiskey with a chaser of straight alcohol. I better not. (laughs) I'll take a lavender tiger. What's that? That's a crushed raspberry floating on a gob of yummy yogurt. (laughs) You know, you caught my eye, gal. I'm setting my cap for you. Really? I kind of like you. You do? Yeah, you're prettier than a mess of turkey tails frying in a pan of hog fat. got an elegant figure. Well, thank you. They tell me I have almost perfect measurements. Yeah, what are they? Well, my neck is 13 inches. Yeah, yeah. And my shoulders are 24 inches. Go, 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 go. And uh, my ankles are 5 inches. Ankles? We lost the best page of the script. here, would you like to do some gambling? Why don't you play some roulette? I'll see that they don't jip you. Here's the roulette wheel. Gee, that sure looks interesting. All right, folks. The wheel of fortune is turning. Get your bets down. There goes the little ball. It's 17. Everybody loses. (laughs) Now get your money down again. That's fine. 27. Everybody loses. Get your money down again. Here we go. I want to put my number on number 32. 
Now the wheel is slowing down and the ball goes into lucky slot. Gee, it fell on 32. Mister, I had all my money on 32. Well, what do you say? Everybody out. Closing time. Get your bets down. Remember, you can beat the wheel, but you can't beat the system. Well, I'm going to put all my money on number five. Number five? You won. Yeah, I'm going to put all my winnings on number ten. Number ten? Gee, you've got a thousand dollars now. The whole thing goes on seventeen. Easy, lad. Better keep some car fare. Remember, you can beat the wheel, but you can't beat the system. Seventeen wins. You're rich. Yeah, I guess that shows you something, mister. I'll have to admit, you beat the wheel. Well, so long. Take all this money and go right out that door. Oh! (laughs) Too bad he didn't beat the system. Fighter bomber guy who fly their ships on high at this base called George, where they train to forge the link that frees the sky. We thank you so much. The Bob Hope Show is brought to you through the United States Armed Forces Radio and Television Service. Margaret Alexis Smith was born in 1921 in the Canadian province of British Columbia. Her parents moved to California when she was very young, so she grew up in Los Angeles. She was discovered by a talent scout in 1940 and got several bit roles right away. Her big break came only two years later in 1942 when she starred in Gentleman Jim opposite Errol Flynn. She made a number of films with Flynn over the years, as well as other stars like Charles Boyer, Joan Fontaine, Anne Sheridan, Humphrey Bogart, Cary Grant, Ronald Reagan, Clark Gable, Bing Crosby, Jane Wyman, William Holden, Walter Matthau, Paul Newman, Burt Lancaster, Kirk Douglas, and of course, the one and only Bob Hope. She was in dozens of movies all the way up into the 1990s, not to mention all her guest appearances on TV programs, and she also had an impressive career on the stage in the 50s, 60s, and 70s. Smith made the cover of Time magazine on May 3, 1971, due to her popularity in Hal Prince's Broadway production of Stephen Sondheim's Follies, for which she won the Tony Award for Best Actress in a Musical. Alexis Smith died of brain cancer in 1993. She was 72. Please send your questions and comments to host at classiccomedyotr.com. Come back next Wednesday for another episode of The Bob Hope Show and check in on Friday for the next installment of The Life of Riley. Until we meet again, in the words of Stevie Wonder, we all have ability. The difference is how we use it.